Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I am your host, John Quick, and uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. Today is our 200th episode, which is so, so exciting. And uh, we want to thank our new show sponsor, Gungerstein for Senate, which is pretty awesome. So uh, because of Gungerstein for Senate, that is a mouthful, we are able to spread conservative news throughout the nooks and crannies of Alaska. So we are very excited and stoked that we have a new sponsor of the show. And we are very excited that we have our 200th 200th episode today. And one of the things that we are doing for our 200th episode is we are giving away $200 worth of must read Alaska swag to be able to enter to win to that. uh, All you have to do is literally watch this video, like comment or share it. Those could be three uh, entries. If you like it, that's an entry. If you comment, that's an entry. If you share it, that's an entry. And uh, we'll uh, draw the winner here probably in 24 hours. Uh, So, and the winner is going to win 200, dollars in free swag and a signed copy from our rock star guest today melissa cook who's a number one amazon bestseller last time i looked she was the number one bestseller on amazon in three different categories so if you know you if you're not killing it in one of them you might as well kill it in three categories so without further ado welcome to the show melissa cook how's your day going today it's going great thank you for having me well i'm very excited you're on the show today and for folks that don't know who Melissa Cook is, spend the next 20 minutes with us and you'll hear her awesome story and how she became an author and climbed the ranks, won an award and became a number one Amazon bestseller. So Melissa, uh, the first question I have for you is this, what brought you to Alaska in the first place many years ago? Tell us that story and kind of how that came to be. So my husband and I were looking for a job and we decided if we were going to have to move from our rural Wyoming community, because it's hard to find two jobs in a little tiny town, that we were going to make it a big move. So we moved to, uh, we went to the Alaska teacher job fair. And interestingly, at the teacher job fair, the lady said, adventure seekers, go home. We're looking for teachers not adventure seekers. And I was a teacher, so I didn't go home. I wasn't looking for an adventure. I ended up being very fortunate. There were a thousand jobs or a thousand applicants at the job fair for 50 jobs. And we needed two in the same town. So we were, I mean, talk about the problems in Wyoming, rural Wyoming, trying to find two jobs in the same town. Well, Alaska was the same and we didn't realize that, but we ended up being lucky and we got two jobs out of that, those 50 and landed in Nelson Lagoon. That's awesome. And, and yeah. how many, how many uh, years did you spend there? And what, what did you do while you're there? Were you a teacher the, the whole time? I was a teacher for 15 years. I have multiple sclerosis, which I found out during my first year of teaching when I was in a bush community of Nelson Lagoon. And that's tough to get a diagnosis like that 
when you live so far from medical. And then we spent the next 15 years in remote Alaska. Well, actually 20, but 15 while I was working and another five after I went out on medical disability. My husband continued to teach. So for folks that are listening, maybe, you know, we have listeners really all over the globe. Explain Mm -hmm. how remote this town is, because I think a lot of folks that live in the 40, lower 48, uh-huh. they think remote is like you don't have a Costco and you got to travel right. 50 minutes to the airport. Tell us a, how remote this this um, unique situation was. So remote in Alaska, I, I use the word remote because some people get a little touchy about Bush, Alaska. So there's a difference between Bush, Alaska and remote Alaska and where that line is, even Alaskans don't agree. And my husband and I just had an argument a few minutes ago about what is Bush, Alaska. So I can definitely tell you Nelson Lagoon is Bush, Alaska. When we flew in, we came from Homer and we left on a single engine plane, which by the way, that is not how you get there. You should take a jet to Nicole Bay and then a commuter (laughs) flight, but we didn't know the ferry broke down. So we went to the airport and said, can somebody take us to Nelson Lagoon? And, And George Nathan, the pilot there at the time, took us out and we flew two and a half hours down the Alaska Peninsula and he hollers out, Nelson Lagoon up ahead. I look out the window and I look in all directions. I see the Bering Sea. What do you mean Nelson Lagoon up ahead? And he tips the plane so that we can look out the window and out the window is a sand spit, which is like a thumb sticking out from your hand. And on the very tip was this little village of 30 people that was 45 minutes on a good day without weather issues flight from Cold Bay. And we were going to get off on that sand spit (laughs) and live there. (laughs) So that's one of my my memories of, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get off and stay on the sand spit. That is Bush. We had a generator. There were no stores. Snake Eyes used to fly in, who is really Sam Egley out of um, King Salmon today. He flies helicopters. But from 1978 to 1997, He flew into Nelson Lagoon and brought groceries in his plane and charged $7.50 a pound. And people would buy their groceries in laundry cart uh, baskets. So, and spend about $500 for a laundry basket in 1995. So yeah, that is Bush, Alaska. We lived in Prince on Prince of Wales Island for 18 years in the largest logging camp in the world at one time, not when we lived there, but it was one of the largest. Uh, We spent 18 years on Prince of Wales Island. We also had a generator there for a while. Uh, We had rough roads. It took us about two hours to get to Hollis and four hours to get to Ketchikan from there. And we spent about a thousand dollars to get our family to Ketchikan for a night. So to me, that's still Bush. (laughs) So, you know, how do you describe Bush? It's all up to, you know, an individual, even Alaskans don't agree. Well, I think that's a phenomenal story. And man, talk about um, rural Alaska. You have snake eyes delivering you uh, food. It's a, you know, he, mm-hmm. uh, he was probably the Uber Eats of uh, the Bering Strait. So, um, you know, for folks that are listening, this is the real deal, mm-hmm. uh, middle kind of stuff. And so, you, uh, if you've just tuned in, I have Melissa Cook here, who's the number one Amazon bestselling author. And uh, we're, she's telling us a little bit about her story about how she came to Alaska. So you're in Alaska. Did you always want to write a book? Is that something that you um, 
you know, wanted to do as you were teaching in the, in the remote Alaska and kind of had aspirations or is that something that just kind of happened? When I, yes, I knew as soon as I, as soon as George Nathan said Nelson Lagoon up ahead and I said, where, <laughs> and he tipped that plane, I knew this was different. This was going to be a different life. In fact, I didn't want to get off the plane. I wouldn't have gotten off the plane if I had any money left, but it cost me $2,200 <laughs> to make that unexpected flight and thousands to move there. So I had no choice. I had to get off. And when I got off and I started living that life, I knew immediately this was something I grew up in Detroit. This was not anything I could have ever imagined even existed. In fact, my book starts with a prologue that has me standing on a beach remembering that Detroit exists and that people are out there. It just didn't feel like it. You know, when you're standing on the Bering Sea in a village of 30 people that you really don't see anyway, because they're up at night and you're up during the day, you're alone. And we were alone for two years. So I kept notes, sticky notes. I wrote newsletters once a month. Email had just come out and our school district provided us with computer and, and email. So I was able to write home and my dad and grandmother saved every and printed out everything I ever sent to them. So they gave me my book back. And That's though awesome. I had, I had many of it, much of it anyway, uh, they gave it to me. That's cool. That's a, that's a, mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, not often that folks are writing their stories down anymore. My dad, uh, when he was growing up, wrote his stories down and I turned it into a book for him on his, I don't know, 60 something birthday. And I think stories are um, storytelling and uh, the ability to write down things is lost sometimes with uh, computers and whatnot. So kudos to you for getting a newsletter out and then turning it into a book later on, because I think just hearing your stories, you're a natural storyteller. So I'm sure if folks, uh, I want to encourage folks to go check out Melissa's book, because if you've been entertained in the least bit in this first 10 <laughs> minutes, I'm sure this book is very entertaining living on an island of 30 people. So um, congrats on the book so far. Thank you. I, I went, Thank I, you. Know, you. I check it out, you know, to be, you know, to be God's honest truth. I hadn't heard of it. Uh, and mm -hmm. I went and checked it out. And man, it, you launched it in like, I want to say October, and you already have something it like did. 150 reviews, which is just ginormous for a brand new book on Alaska. So and I think yeah. you've already won an award. How the heck did that award come about? It's, it's um, I think a Horizon Award is what mm -hmm. it's called. Tell, so tell the book came out, oh, sorry. The book came out October 27th and it has 356 reviews on Amazon and 156 on Goodreads right now. Um, I'm not shy to ask people to give me a review and that might help. <laughs> and people tell me they read the book. I always follow up with, please give me a review because Amazon helps authors who have ratings and reviews. You don't even have to write a review if you just give a rating. If you've read a book, any book, do that favor for any author. It helps them. I did win the Western Horizon Award this month, and it is for authors who've had their first breakthrough book. And since the book has been number one on Amazon since February, it did go to number one when it first came out for about a week. And then Christmas hit and all the big publishers put out their new books. And so it fell until February and then it popped back up and it's actually in a number of categories. Um, they report that three of them, but it's in 13 and it keeps being one, two or three in the top four or five categories, 
including Alaska travel and uh, polar regions uh, and multiple sclerosis because my story about MS, I was diagnosed with MS when I lived in Nelson Lagoon and I went out on medical disability when I lived in Thorn Bay. And then I learned to live a life with disabilities after I went out on disability. So that story is in there as well. It's not a big part of it, but it's a little. So um, tell me, tell us about the book, the premise of the book. What's the book about? Um, we've kind of talked about um, some of your stories early on and mm-hmm. you've won an award for the book and you've gotten a crazy amount of reviews. Give us the 101 on what this book entails. Oh, first I have to tell you another piece of good news. Okay. The book is one of three finalists for the High Plains Book Award, which comes out in October. They'll tell us if the book is a winner for that in October. And that is for people who live in the states of Wyoming, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Colorado, Nebraska, Kansas, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. So that that is a possibility for another one. Well, that's exciting. Just to be a finalist, probably, uh, you know, a notch on the cap just to right. be a finalist. So congratulations. They had 300 books in the um, running. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, the premise of the book is uh, I wanted to write a true story about Alaska. There were 37 TV shows at the time that I wrote my proposal <laughs> for, for publishers, which in the end, I decided to publish it myself, even though I had a wonderful deal from Aaron Linsdale, the Polar Explorer, to publish my book. He instead helped me start my own publishing company and do it myself. So thank you to Aaron for that. Um, I wanted to write that true story. And uh, a lot of people don't know what it's like to live in Bush, Alaska. If you read my book, you will know what it's like to live in Alaska and in Bush, Alaska and remote, if that's how you want to call it, on Prince of Wales Island. The weather, the plains, the volcanoes going off in the backyard (laughs) and thinking you're going to die because... The only thing I ever knew about as far as volcanoes was Pompeii. So when the neighbor got on the radio, which is how people in Nelson Lagoon communicate, and said that the volcano was going off and he's screaming it in the radio that the volcano's going off, I immediately thought of Pompeii. So if I'm going to die in a volcano, I'm going to see it. I was still breathing. So I ran for the door, put my hand on the door, looked at my husband thinking for sure this was my last moment in life. And I opened that door to see that volcano. And of course, I'm still here today. So I lived, but I didn't anticipate living at that moment. So then I got to sit on the beach and watch that volcano shoot six miles into the air. And I can't even tell you for how long because I sat there till I got bored. <laughs> it was just kept going <laughs> off. <laughs> so... Anyway. It must have been a while then. It was a while. <laughs> so give us, uh, I'm sure you have, you know, a million stories. Give us maybe one of your favorite stories that you haven't told yet um, about Alaska, whether it's in your book or not. Um, I'm sure the, the listeners mm-hmm. would love to hear. Well, of course, the volcano one is one of those. Um, I used to roll, stroll the docks. And so I have a lot of dock stories, but I have to tell you my favorite thing actually isn't about being in Alaska. It's about the publishing journey. After I finished the book, I wanted to make sure everybody that was in the book knew about the book. And so I went and contacted family members of even those who had passed away. And that has been probably my most memorable experience is talking to people whose loved ones are in my book, 
but are no longer with us. And I knew at the time that I wrote my book that some of these people were gone. And I even quoted an obituary of Kim Post, who was a pilot out there and contacted his family. And for me, that was probably the most memorable phone calls that I made were to his family and to the families of others who have passed away and shared the stories of their loved ones' experiences in Bush, Alaska. And it still brings me to tears to think about those experiences. And they're not in the book, but I do write a blog called Alaska Bush Life. And it is on my page, uh, melissacook.us. It's also out on Facebook on probably 18 different Alaska blogs once a week. It's called um, Alaska Bush Life on mine, but I just make posts. I take a picture and I write about Alaska's uh, life for people who wanted my book to continue. And so I think that's probably my, my most memorable thing was the publishing journey of talking to people about Alaska who never lived there, but their family members did. I'm sure that uh, a lot of those phone calls, the folks felt honored that they were A, in the book, and B, that you took the time to make the phone call. And some of them wanted to know how I ever found them. <laughs> it wasn't always easy. <laughs> yeah, Google Google probably helped you. Mm-hmm, it did. So, so do you have any other book plans on the horizon? I mean, to have this amount of success out the gate has probably hopefully got you thinking about maybe what you'd write about next. Do you have any plans to write other books? I do. So I have researched three different books and my goal for a book and in this book too, I actually planned out humor in my book because I like to laugh. I enjoy life. And I wanted my readers thinking of them first to have a giggle here and there. And so for me, my goal is to have a book that makes you giggle or laugh might make you cry, might make you hang on to the edge of your seat and wonder what's going to happen next. And I hear that my readers tell me they feel that way. But in the end, when they finish the book and they put it down, they feel uplifted and satisfied. And the problem is when I've researched, I've researched in depth three different books and the main characters die at the end. Sorry, spoiler alert. The main characters die at the end. And I'm not sure I want to do that to my readers. So I'm looking for a great story that has some humor that has them on the edge of your seat, but won't leave my reader feeling depressed. So if you know anybody who has a great story, let me know, melissacook.us, because I would love to write another book, but I'd like to write one like the one I have that makes people feel good. So I am considering doing a historical fiction that would have those elements that still within uh, historical truth, but has a couple of characters living a life within uh, two different towns a hundred years ago. So we'll see. If you want to know if I have a new book out, join my email list on melissacook.us, and then you'll know. Nice. Sorry, my cat's like jumping on my lap. Oh. <laughs> so uh, an interesting character in Alaska, which I'm, maybe you already know, um, have checked out is Normal. Um, is, who, is who? He's a, a painter here on Norman Lowell. Oh, haven't heard of him. So he is a uh, painter here on the Kenai Peninsula, and he's still alive. He's probably on his last leg, um, and uh, he homesteaded here way back in the day. I think he's in his 90s, mm-hmm. and he is a very, uh, very successful painter. Uh, his paintings go for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, But he's wow. like the nicest guy ever up until probably... Uh, you know, in his 80s, he was the guy that would 
greet you at his art gallery and shake your hand. And his wife was there to, if you bought um, postcards with his paintings on it or something like that, mm-hmm. she would um, be the person to check you out and take your cash and just a very uh, homesteadish slash success story here in Alaska. So um, tell us about uh, how somebody can find your stuff. I know, I guess my last question before we go into that is one of the things you were talking to me about um, before we jumped on this interview was the fact that you have a YouTube channel where you Jeep around Wyoming. Uh, I do. It's, it's a little off topic, but I think it's super interesting. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So you can't live in Alaska and get adventure. The lady at the job fair told adventure seekers to go home, but adventure sleeps in your blood if you spend 20 years in Bush, Alaska. Then you retire and go somewhere else. Well, how do you get adventure? It's almost like you have an adrenaline need for it. So we go out and find our own adventures. We get on the back roads with our Jeeps and take a drone out. And we live near Yellowstone for lots. We have 4 million people coming here every year to see this beautiful place. And they all drive down the main road. So what we do is we go on the back roads where a lot of people can't get to. And we fly a drone and we take video from the ground. We have a little bit of humor because I like to laugh and you have to have a good funny in there. And we make 30-minute shows on the back roads of Wyoming. It's called Wyoming Jeepers on YouTube. Thank you for the shout out. Nice. So uh, tell us how uh, you mentioned your website and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. um, where can somebody buy your book? How can they find it? Uh, tell us your website again and okay. all the places that folks can buy your book. Okay. So the easiest place to buy my book is on Amazon, but I am a strong supporter of local businesses and most of the major airports and bookstores in Alaska carry my book, uh, the gift shop, like the once in the blue moose, um, Perinus, hope I said that right. Perinus books down in Ketchikan. And you can go to your library. Many of the libraries have it. You can request it if they don't. If you would like an autographed copy, just write to me on melissacook.us and you can buy it right there. Um, and while you're there, you can check out my uh, Alaska Bush Life blog. See if you want to come back every week and see what's new. And then I also have social media links uh, that are on melissacook.us. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And then you can see some of my other presentations that I've done. And you can sign up for my newsletter. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for joining us. Folks that are listening, this is Melissa Cook, a number one uh, bestseller of her book. And uh, her book is all about the uh, remote bush life in Alaska. She moved up there a while back and uh, flew over the town that she was going (laughs) to live in. And uh, 30, 30 people were there. So yes, if well, hear- if you don't, if you don't mind, I wouldn't mind just saying um, Larry Knute, who wrote the Alaska Bush, uh, uh, Alaska Bear Tales, called me right before the book came out. And I had written to him a year before and asked him if he would consider endorsing my book. And he said, I don't know if you know who I am, but I'm Larry Knute. I about fell on the floor. And Larry and I are friends today, but he wrote the blurb on my book my book and he endorsed my book and uh, I still pinch myself even though I talk to him and we're friends and the same goes for Ann Parker who's the author of Follow Me to Alaska so grateful to those two and to Ann Erlinstow for giving me those endorsements and thank you for having me on Must Read Alaska. Yeah no problem it's it's been a treat and I encourage everybody to go to Amazon buy the book 
give her a good review. Anytime somebody can write a, a positive book about Alaska is a good day. So I wish you all the success. And I'm sure we'll thank hear you. you again. And we want to thank our show sponsor, uh, Gungerstein for U.S. Senate, brand new sponsor of the Must Read Alaska show. Because of uh, their sponsorship, we're able to get conservative news for all the nooks and crannies of Alaska. And I also want to remind folks that this is our 200th episode. So if you have listened to this whole thing, you could win a prize. And that prize is a $200 giveaway for uh, Must Read Alaska swag and a signed copy of the book by Melissa Cook, which is very, very exciting. So all you have to do to enter to win to that is like this post, comment on this post, or share this post. I'm going to pin this post, Facebook Live, to the top of our Facebook. Comment, like, and share on it. That's three entries. If you want to just do one entry, great. Maybe you just like it, or maybe you just comment, or maybe you just share it. But if you want three entries, do all three of those things, and you're going to be entered to win $200 and Must Read Alaska swag and a signed copy by the infamous Melissa Cook. So, Melissa, thank you so much for joining the Must Read Alaska show. Until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska. I'm signing off, and we will see our listeners, our readers, and our watchers on Monday. Thank you so much.